So welcome back, everybody, to Where's My Stick? My name's Christy. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Danielle. And today we have a really special and really exciting guest here. We have Cassie, who is a contributor for the NHL Jets Nation and the Broken Bandwagon. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So really, we wanted to have you on here because I know you do stuff for the Sabres and the Jets, but today we're focusing all on the Jets and a little bit of the Central Division, but the Jets, that's why (laughs) we are here. Um, Because we have questions, concerns, and grievances, mostly me. But still. Um, Okay, so I guess to start, we'll do a little round robin on the Central Division. And to start, there is Nashville, um, who finished 2018-2019 season with around 100 points. Over the offseason, they added Matt Duchesne, my son, Dante Fabro full-time. And they got a new coach, Dan Lambert, who's meant to help them out with their awful, terrible power play. They traded P.K. Subban, Wayne, didn't resign Wayne Simmons, and Brian Boyle went off to the wayside. Um, I guess the these additions added 0.5 wins, and it got rid of 6.1 salary? Yeah. Million yeah. dollars in salary? So, like, what do we think is going to happen with Nashville? Um, I I think they'll be more middle of the road than maybe they were previously. Um, I'm kind of surprised. Well, okay. I just think they're going to be more middle of the road. Okay. I actually, I think they're going to be a lot, a lot better. I think adding Matt Duchesne is really good, good for them. Unfortunately, it helps their center depth. I, like, I don't know. I wonder if Matt is going to be a first line center or a second line center, but either way, it just like frees up. Or it takes a lot of pressure off of Ryan Johansson and, like, slots everyone down. Like, I mean, so I think maybe Benino might be their fourth-line center or Tort, Kyle Taris, whichever one. I mean, it just slots them down easier, um, which I hate because I don't like Ryan Johansson. And I actually don't really like the Preds. But I also think that losing PK, I don't know how much that will hurt them because I think Dante Fabro is, like, really good. And they're, they still have three really good top defensemen. So I guess for me, and then like every year it'll be the power play and the goaltending, which I guess the goaltending isn't bad there, but I don't trust Pecorine. So I don't know. I still, I still think they'll be in the top of the division, but I think Matt Duchesne definitely helps. So yeah, I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. Did he like, quarterback the power play i can't really remember so they always did the two two defensemen power play oh. so i think he did the second power, or maybe the, he did the first or he did the second but there was always two defensemen on the power I, play i think he did the second and then yossi did first that sounds about right but like i like why was their power play so bad like because ryan johansson is a good distributor and i feel like yossi and pk can quarterback a good power play well, from what I, good. what I hear is that, like, they do, I mean, they rely heavily on their defensemen, so they're getting point shots, and, like, mm. I mean, that helps, like, when, when you're always taking point shots, it doesn't uh, make the PKers 
uh, move side to side that much because they can see the the shots coming in and they can rely on their goalie to just stop it. But where it's a, like with um, to compare like old Pittsburgh power play like Kessel quarterbacking it, it can come from anywhere. It can come from you know Kessel, Malkin, Crosby. It, it's getting people moving side to side, and so that's how opens up little slot areas where they can hit, like thread passes and then just you know do a tic tac toe play into the net. So okay. Kelsey? And not Kelsey. Cassie. <laughs> Thoughts? Um, I think it's going to be def- defense and goalie heavy with the Predators. Rene is, is he's not bad. He's what, a couple seasons removed from being a Vesna finalist. But he's also over 35. He's 36. And bodies break down in the NHL really quickly after 30. And one bad injury could be the end of it for them, and they might not be able to do so well. Um, I think adding Grandland like they did as well is also going to help. Um, he's really good at, you know, second, third line, and good teams do well in the depth of their second and third line. Like, if you can have a banging top line all you want, but if your second and third line also isn't firing these days, you're not going to do as well. Who do we think, or like, who are we looking at to be their breakout player this year? It, it kills me to say it, but I think Matt Duchesne. Oh. Like, I hate that. I think but I think... absorb all of the country music energy. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that I... finally settled and like happy and like this. He's on a team that's a contender. He has a long-term contract. I think that he's going to have a really good season this year. And, like, Nashville's not bad, so he has players where he has, like, a support team around him that can help. So I just think he's going to earn that contract this season. Yeah. I think he finally has, like, a reason to try not like he wasn't trying before but he seems like a very emotional player and that if he's not in a very good headspace then he can't do well and like last year in Ottawa and in Columbus he had a really good season um and I feel like you know he has his kid he has his wife he has his country home he's been dreaming (laughs) of record deal pending so like he'll just do he'll just do great in Nashville and I'm like really happy for him because he's gotten a bad rap but like also in terms of Winnipeg like don't do too great but you know yeah um do you want to do like the blueprint oh sure do you want me to talk about it okay you can talk about it okay so and Craig Custance hold on let me bring it up so, yeah, Craig Custins from The Athletic, um, he did an article called Stanley Cup Blueprint, How the Central Teams Stack Up Against the Blues. This was um, released August 19th, but um, he ranks it into five different sections. So one is strong contract efficiency, so basically just good contracts. Um, second is playoff scar tissue, which is just, like, you know, playoff experience. Three, a balance of age and experience, so just, like, younger players mixed with vets. Uh, Four, size and skill and defense, um, which I thought was really interesting because he focuses on defense a lot, or that's its own section. And then five, a game breaker, which is just, like, an elite player. 
So for Nashville, the Preds, he ranks them um, out of five. He gives them a 3.5 out of five. He says if Tolvainen can find a way to bring his lethal shot to the NHL and become an impact player, that this could be a difference between good and great in Nashville, which I think actually kind of ties into what you said, Cassie, about how like depth players like coming in and like, you know, being a big contributor because specifically, I mean, I feel like sometimes in like the eight, the season, the 82 game season, like you can kind of get by on like a really dominant first line, but like it's in the playoffs where you need your depth to really step up because, I mean, every it just your top lines and your really good players can, get canceled out because so <laughs> Nashville with their three point five, um, <laughs> I think, which is fair. But I think one of the main things was that their player from the KHL, what was his name, like Ellie Tolvanen or something. Mm-hmm. I remember the last time that he had come, oh, he he had like came over. He didn't do so well, and that was kind of, like, their big, like, forward prospect. Mm-hmm. So him, like, kind of making the transition over to the NHL and doing well, that can be, like, a good depth piece for them because I, I don't know who they have on their bottom pair. Not bottom pair, like, bottom six besides, like, Benino and Turris. Um, I'm, I'm looking on Daily Faceoff for their bottom six. And they've got uh, Craig Smith, Kelly, John uh, Carr. Oh, I think I can say that right. Rocco Grimaldi, Colton Sissons, and Austin Watson. I forgot about oh. Colton Sissons. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about Austin Watson. <laughs> I actually <laughs> forgot about Hook. Um, yeah. Looking at Eli Tolliman's uh, AHL numbers, he had 35 points in 58 games as a, 20, as a 19-year-old. And that's a, that like compared to like the KHL, that's like good numbers because it's not like that yeah. high yeah. scoring like us. Um, I hate it. I'm like because <laughs> if he can come over here and start doing well, that's gonna really help out the Preds. So moving on to our Stanley Cup champions, the St. Louis Blues. So last season they had 99 points. And in terms of additions, they didn't really do much besides add um, former Penguin Derek Puglia. Um, and in terms of subtractions, they didn't resign Patrick Maroon or Michael Delzato. And in terms of wins added, I guess this takes away 0.6 wins. And in terms of salary movement, they freed up $3.3 million in cap space. Does anyone have any thoughts on the Blues besides? I mean, I'll be honest with you, no. Like, that's why it looks so empty. I have, I have like, one thought on them. Okay. okay. If Bennington doesn't do good this year, they're not going very far. Yeah. But Tarasenko, though, love him. <laughs> yeah, he's... He's sweet. And, and Ryan O'Reilly's a great player, and they have him for the next four years, mm-hmm. and... I mean, it's like when I look at the Blues, I think that their forward depth and their defense is good. It just, I just really think that it's just all goaltending. If they don't get good goaltending, then I can't really see, you know, I can't see them making a run. Even though I was like last season, this time last year, we we were also high on their their forward and their defense, and it's it's pretty much almost the same. I mean, they really didn't get rid of too many key people. 
And I mean, adding Derek Pouliot in my heart, I'm happy. I feel good for him, and I think, oh, Derek's gonna do well. But like, he's he's not. He's, he's not. not. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I like. I don't think I've never seen. I've ever seen a team so like dependent on their goaltending because I feel like last season we said the same thing too that like they're they're they will be fine as long as. Jake Allen, who was our number one at the time, is decent, then they should be able to coast. But Jake Allen is not fine, and we don't know anything about Jordan. Jordan, really. Well, I think with St. Louis, it's all they've their forward depth has never been like, oh, they're gonna out, they're gonna score a ton of goals. It's like, yeah. and from what we've seen this, like you know, in the Stanley Cup final and they're just run up to the Stanley Cup it's really like they're just really good defensively and so yeah. when you're not when you're good defensively and you score like two three goals a game you're gonna need like your goaltending to to save the day you know yeah. so like you're not like you know not letting in more than two goals a game <clears throat> is really their what's gonna help them succeed so yeah and Jordan Bennington is a rookie I mean he's 26 but he was a rookie and he's basically unproven. He had to take a long way to get into the NHL. He wasn't like some star goaltender. I don't know if he's even worth $4.4 million. I don't know if he's going to sustain. Yeah. yeah. And the thing that, and it kills me because, like, I believe this all the way up to, like, this game seven, is that he never was, like, amazing, right? Like, he was just kind of, like, he would like he was so inconsistent he was average like, yeah and he was just like average and but I mean the, the, that game seven he was really good um but I just like I don't know like I, I, a part of me feels like he needs to be amazing for the blues to get where they were again because it's hard to to repeat like ask the caps ask anyone it's hard to repeat don't ask the penguins <laughs> Penguins have the best GM. player in the world. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like don't ask the GM because he still thinks they're as good as they yeah. were then. Anyway, um, oh. <laughs> all their eyes are going to be on Bennington because, I, like you said, he's unproven, and I don't know. I just I have no confidence in him, and I feel bad for saying that because I mean he did just win the cup, but I don't know. He's mm. not Matt Murray. That's the thing. No. Yeah. He's not Matt Murray, and but I think that I don't know. I feel like I trust you know Jake Allen more than I trust the Penguin, whoever the Penguins' backup is. I don't know. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, he is terrible, but like, geez. I think they should make the playoffs. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Eat. Um, yeah. What do we like about this team? Vladimir Tarasenko. <laughs> <laughs> That's it on the Blues. There's not much there. Um, thankfully so moving on Danielle's favorite team the Dallas Stars in the 2018-2019 season they had 93 points um in this offseason they added Joe Pavelski Corey Perry and Andre Sekera um in terms of subtractions they got rid of well they didn't resign Matt Zuccarello Tyler Pitlick Valerie Natushkin, Jason Spezza, Ben Lovejoy, and Brett Ritchie. And in terms of like win losses, they gained 0.7 wins, 
And in terms of salary movement, they freed up $8.3 million in cap space. So what do we like about this team? I, I like um, them picking up Joe Pavelski. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think that's, yeah. yeah, I think that's... And I don't know. I don't know if I'm being persuaded because the more I hear people talk about Corey Perry, the more I don't think it was an awful pickup be- because of the cap hit, too. It's not like they're spending $5 million on Corey Perry. But, right. I mean, he does perform well in the playoffs. That's if they get to the playoffs. I don't know. Because, I mean, he is a power forward, which I'm trying to be positive here. I, I, <laughs> like, this, <laughs> the Dallas Stars, they, they were fun in the playoffs. Like, I will say, following them, it was fun. Um, but, yeah, I do – I do I like some of the things. I just don't know if those two players make me feel confident about their first two lines. Yeah, I think – are they, like, a one-line team, would you think, right now? If they put – uh, ben Sagan and um, why am I blank? Radulov together. Radulov. Yeah. Pavelski is good enough that he can carry a line. Yeah. Um, Corey Perry, I, I would be concerned just because of his injuries right now. Um, I don't know where he's at. I mean, one point five million, whatever. It's, it's yeah. whatever. But Corey Perry, he's going to either become your most favorite or most hated pest. Mm-hmm. because he does those little things on the ice, like steal people's sticks as he skates by them, you know, little annoying things. And, I mean, he's, he's it's a good pickup if he can rebound. Yeah. But, yeah. I think, for me, the biggest question in Dallas is if, um, um, what's their goal? Ben Bishop can, you know, recreate what he did in the playoffs last year or how he was last year in general, because he was, he had a really good season and I don't know, Ben Bishop to me just doesn't seem consistent and he is getting older and it just was a shame that their season ended the way it did last, uh, this playoffs because he played out of his mind. Yeah. Yeah. He, well, his playoff, his playoff save percentage is, was just a hair under what his season save percentage was. Okay. He was at a, a 9.34, and his playoffs was a 9.33. That's insane. He's, so he good. did really well. Average, but over his, his like, mm-hmm. the length of his playing career, he's averaged at a 9.2. So even if he slides back to a 9.2, he's still, that's still average for a goalie in the league. And that's, I think, all that Dallas really needs is average goaltending. See, I don't know. I don't think that their forward group can score enough goals to to beat, like, to, to sustain that. To, like, you know? Right. I don't know. Just, I, I don't know. Especially in, like, their division. I also think they're, like, their defense has taken a lot more steps mm-hmm. forward to kind That's of support fair. their forwards and support um, Ben Bishop in that. They might not need to score as many goals. And, like, Pavelski... I feel like he can give you at least 20. And I think with Pavelski there, with Sagan, they can afford to yeah. move Ben and Radulov off the first line so that they do have some more scoring depth. I agree with that. I would actually say some of their defense is a little sketchy. Um, they have good three good ones in Lindell, Klingberg, and uh, Heiskanen. But Polak, Sekra, and Oleski is uh, 
that's oh, that's, that's well, yikes. I, I will say, I mean, I definitely think that they all seem like bottom pairing uh, defensemen. But I think if if Alexiak is like deployed well and put in positions to succeed, I think that he can be useful more than the other two. Um, but it's just like if their coach puts them in positions to succeed. From what I've seen, um, their coach, like he, their coach is really like, he's like a, he came from college and he's very like, um, what's the word? He, he's open to try new things and he seems like the type of person or the type of coach to put players in positions to succeed. But I mean, who knows? We'll see this, this season, but I, I do have a little bit of faith in Alexiak, and maybe that's just my bias, but I think if he if he's if he's putting like if he's in the, sec- the third pair sheltered, I think he can do well. He can get the puck up ice and and show a little bit of flash. I don't know <laughs> if he can defend it. What do we think should be their main concern? Because I know when Ben Bishop was in Tampa, I didn't trust him at all, and I thought he was a pretty average goalie. Um, and I will say I was wrong, and that he kind of, as long as he's not injured, I think he can do really, really well. Um, and they've never had a good goaltender or more than one defenseman. So I do think that as long as their forwards can score, I think that they should be fine. But then Dallas is always like, one year they're really good, the next year they're god-awful. Yeah, that's true. So hopefully they, like, break that streak. Because, like, yeah. It's painful to watch. <laughs> it is. Because <laughs> they always, get, they always like, get you. They think, like, oh, we're, we're fun, we're fast, we're going to do well. And then you're like, all right, I'm all in. And then you watch them and you're just like, this is awful. What is going yeah. on? Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Dallas is... I, my concerns are everything. I think I would rank it probably realistically defense goaltending forwards, but I don't know. Their forwards just scare me. Like, Joe Pavelski helps, but I still, I'm still not, like, confident in their top six. But, like, yeah. it's literally crazy. Sorry. It's literally crazy how when they added Zook, like, like, you could just see, like, that's what they needed, and they were performing so much better, and then he gets injured, but... Yeah. Yeah, sorry, Kelsey. No, oh my gosh, I was just gonna say that I'm a little surprised with their um, blueprint result. Oh, yeah! Oh, okay. 4.5 out of 5! <laughs> yeah. I mean... I get... Yeah. Yeah, so, okay, so their blueprint result, they, they're they 4.5 out of 5, and Custon says, there's a lot to like in Dallas, and if the stars stay healthy and get the necessary breaks, they could be in for an extended spring. Which, I mean, that's, like, a very, like, generic, generic and, like, you know, comment. If anyone stays, I'm, I'm well, not anyone, but I do think the stars definitely, health was always a big thing. Someone was always getting hurt with them, Um getting the necessary breaks, I mean, that's true, but, like, you can't bank on that. That's not like, oh, if they get it, then, I don't know. But, yeah. I mean, there's a lot to like. Their goaltending was so good. We don't know if it's it'll be consistent, but. And Joe Pavelski's yeah. a center, right? I'm, I'm getting that right. He's yes. a center, yeah. And, I mean, do you remember who, their, who was their center last year, their second-line center? Was it Spezza? I think... Spezza or, like, Fosk? 
dumb or something oh, okay. like that. It, does, okay. it, it literally doesn't matter. Okay. Cool. I was going to say, that's a huge upgrade. So maybe, I mean, there are things to like about Dallas, definitely. I just like, don't trust them because they're always like this. I feel like every offseason, they make these moves and we're all just like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, it should work. And then it's it just like, it just always doesn't. happens. <laughs> yeah. I don't trust it. Let's see. Uh, yeah. Okay. Anyone have anything else to say about Dallas? I'm good. All right. So, moving on to this team. So, Colorado. So, in 2018-2019, they had 90 points. And as of September 6th, they have $15 million still in cap space. Um, they added a lot of people. So they added Andre Burkowski, Nazem Kadri, Valerie Natushkin, and Jonas Donskoy. And in terms of subtractions, they uh, got rid of Tyson Berry, Alex Kerfoot, Carl Soder- Soderberg, Sven Andragetto, Patrick Namath, Semyon Varmalov, Derek Broussard. Oh, and Derek Broussard. Um, and, <laughs> and in terms of wins and losses, um, after all of that, they are minus 0.3 wins. And in terms of salary, they got rid of $8.4 million in salary. How in all of this? Okay, so Tyson Berry's contract. I guess from all up too. Okay, yeah. so the Colorado Avalanche. What are we liking? I feel like there's a lot to like about this team, but I also do not like them. <laughs> they are so young. They are yes. really young. <clears throat> and, and they have Nathan McKinnon, and he's on a great contract for the next four years. But, I, like, I love Grubauer. Um, I just don't think he's as good as people think he is. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's he did play the backup role for a long time, but he's average. Like, yeah, over time, he's just been an average goaltender. And I think I don't trust Colorado's defense as much as I would another team's, just because they're either young or not the greatest. That's I. That's so. That's so true because like when he was in uh, Washington, he was like behind the Caps defense, which is good, and in my opinion, even then was is better than the Avs, and their forward depth. So everyone thinks that he's like this amazing backup goalie or this amazing goalie in general, but like he, the Caps are not bad. They're they're good. Was that Sorry. Christmas music? No, that's my... <laughs> that's, that was my... <laughs> that was the beginning of the Christmas music. I was just like, okay. I'll, 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 I'll say okay to that. But... I have a question. Is Eric Johnson a good defenseman? I mean, I don't watch the abs, but I don't... I don't know if he's as good as his like, where he was drafted. Right. Which is number one? I think he was top three. I don't know if he was number one. He might have been. For I, sure. I think he was one. 
He was, he was drafted first round, first overall in 2006. Oh, after I said, okay. That's, that's interesting. That's wild. I'm looking up his possession metrics right now. He's 30 and he's got that much time left on his contract. <laughs> yeah, he's got like time yeah. left. He has six years left. Oh. When was the contract oh, four signed? Oh, four okay. years for six mil. Okay. Okay. Like, everyone's making like under six million dollars in crazy. Colorado. That's wild. Like, is Denver, I guess Denver is a good place to be. I hate Joe Sackick, by the way. <laughs> Like, he's a good. He's a really good GM. Is he? Yeah. He, like, I mean, I mean, is he good to the players? That's a question I can't answer. But I'm saying, like, everyone's under six million. He got a haul for Duchesne. Like, yeah, it's, he's a good. I, I think, he's a good GM. I think that like McKinnon is under six million because he struggled so much like his first couple of years. And that, so I mean, like that's not like, like that's not like his fault. Yeah. <laughs> like, you kind of need your GM to take advantage of that. I'm looking at the Eric, Con- Eric Johnson numbers, and one of the things that sticks out to me is last season was the first time he had a healthy season in six years. Oh. And he's slowly, his numbers are slowly declining. Mm. He's like an average break-even defenseman. Mm-hmm. And- but he's right-handed, and that's why he makes so much money. Right. And the okay. fact that they did, they got the Bo, Bo Byron, Bo, Brian Byron or something, the the best defenseman in the league, or the draft last this draft. Oh right. So I, was I like, mean, is that a coach who is that? No, I'm sorry. I'm I'm always like saying people's names and I it's I don't even know if they're right. But um, so I mean, they're like their defense. That's why they were able to like trade Barry because they have um. If two yeah. two Kale McCarr, I think it isn't. Yeah, McCarr and Gerard are supposed to be yeah. really good. And then, so I mean, honestly, if you have Eric Johnson like as your in your third pair and he breaks even and he's making that much, but you have like a lot of good players on their entry level contracts, then I hate that. I don't think they would. Yeah, I don't think they would put him on the third pair though. Like at least not I mean, right now. Yeah, I mean, but I'm just saying, like as the season progresses and your young kids do well. But what my biggest thing is that I think that Nazem Kadri helps out their their second line so much. Yeah. Like now they have a second line. Yeah. yeah. That's great. And then like it frees up McKinnon. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it takes the pressure off of Tyson Jones because he wasn't doing so well. And they also have Burkowski. Which uh, is we'll debatable. But... I, I'm interested to see how Andre does because I I don't follow the cap super uh, close, but like they would give him ch- chances like in the top six, and then like one game he would be great, and then six games after he would just be invisible. And then it's like every every six games, like one he has one great game, then six he's invisible. What if there's no there was no consistency? He kind of reminds me of like a Connor Sheary, where it's like he disappears sometimes, but then he can be so good sometimes. But I mean, he was Burkowski wasn't as consistent as Connor. Right. Ooh. I know that pains what you is... to say. Yeah. Uh, I think. <laughs> I also. <laughs> uh, I'm also. I'm also curious about like Valerie Natushkin because he was in Dallas and then he went to the KHL because he wasn't doing great in Dallas and then they brought him back to Dallas I think and then he still still didn't work out so I kind of wonder if 
like different pairings, he'll be a little bit better because I think he had like five points in Dallas, yeah, no, no goals. Yeah. And he's supposed to be a goal scorer. Um so yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. I mean they have they, they definitely took um some players to see if they can rebound. And I think if, if they if they do then, you know, that was a good gamble. But I don't I wonder how um I don't know much about the Avs prospect depth as in their forwards. Um, the only person I know is honestly Alex Newhook, and I know he's going back to school, so he's not going to be in their AHL. So I just wonder what other prospects they have that could, like, they could put on the wing to help do something. I mean, ugh, like, they don't need anything else. Just <laughs> <laughs> like, they I need to sign like... Rotten in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw on the NHL.com they said that Rantanen says that the NHL is the only option, so it's not like he's thinking about playing overseas until his contract gets figured out. So I don't know. This will be the – I mean, this contract will be the one where we can really look at Joe Sackick and see, like, you know, because if he can – there's no way he's getting it under $6 But we'll see how contract-friendly this contract is. I mean, well, I think if – if, I think what they do with a lot of players that are from overseas, but I, I think this might be changing a little bit. Like, they've never seen that much money in their life. So just to be like, yeah, $6 million, that's great. Like, that's what they did with Pasternak. Like, he's making yeah. nothing compared to how good he is. And, like, he's never seen that much money before, so he doesn't know. Um Hopefully he's like, I want twelve million dollars. Mitch Marner's like, I want twenty million, or I'm <laughs> out of here. <laughs> like, I, the abs can't have anything else. Like, enough, enough. I'm over it. Um, yeah. I think this the one um surprising thing, especially since we just finished up with Dallas's um Craig Custins for the Stanley Cup blueprint has them a three out of five said this team is going to be great i love colorado they just might be a couple years away from winning it all as they gain experience and learn what it takes to navigate a long season and playoff run but the fact that they're below dallas when i think they're better than dallas my opinion i don't know what you guys think i i think they're i think they're best well i think their forwards are better than dallas I think Dallas might have more capable defensemen. Like their defense, okay. like like Colorado's defensemen might have more high like end talent like in the long run. But oh, as of they, right now, I don't know. I think they really only have Gerard and Makar, and like I think Dallas has like three good defensemen, and Colorado has like two and a half. So okay, and and. D- Dallas has Ben Bishop, who we know is yeah, historically average, where yeah. Grubauer is, who knows? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. fair. Yeah, I would I would say, like, I would give goaltending to Dallas over Colorado for sure. I wonder mm-hmm. why they didn't resign Verlama, to be honest. Like, if he's been well, I, good. I think he wanted to be, like, the starter. I think he he felt like he could be the starter still. And Ron, t- I'm not, what am I, what's his name? Grubauer. <laughs> I said Ranta. Um, Grubauer is ready to be the starter. And I think they were ready for him. Okay. 
And do, yeah. they, do you have a breakout player for them? Tyson. <laughs> Joke's happening. <laughs> the only Tyson, the, the lone Tyson, he survived. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Think, I think McKinnon again. I just, yeah. I'm excited to see um, Kadri in Colorado. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I hope the Central's not too mean to him. <laughs> He deserves it. Let's be laughing, but you know he's trying. <laughs> he is trying. I like Nazem Kadri, but oh, I love Nazem Kadri. He is also like a mess and a half. I, I like. I feel bad because like I never have thought about Nazem Kadri ever, and I felt so bad because everyone's like half my timeline like either loved it that they're getting Nas or hated it that they traded Nas or whatever. But I was just like I I. I don't think about him ever. Maybe I don't think about the Leafs that often, but... Yeah, I think that might be. I have be. no idea. <laughs> okay. Um, that's a lot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of, like... I know. Of... They have, like, awful teams, like Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Chicago, they are a team. They had 84 points last year. Um... $3 million in cap space. They added Alex Nylander, Oli Mata, Andrew Shaw, Calvin DeHaan, Ryan Carpenter, and Robin Leonard. In terms of subtractions, they subtracted Dominic Cahoon, Henry Yoki Karu, Artem Anisimov, Marcus Kruger, John Hayden, Chris Kunitz as a player, Cam Ward, um, and Gustav Forsling. Um, in terms of win losses, they added 3.6 wins, which is the most that we've seen so far. Yeah. Um, and in terms of salary, Danielle, what does this mean? Oh, so they added they added 7.5 million. And I forgot to put this on every single one, but this is all per Dom from The Athletic. He did an article of all the addition subtractions for every team, so sorry, that was my fault. Like, it was was a rush to get this. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to find find them. Okay, so they added um, $7.5 million, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, So, what, what are we liking about their offseason so far. The defense. They added defense they in. Did, they did add a great defenseman. In um, only Yes. I like that they're, like, I, I don't know, because it seems like they're getting younger, but then they're also, like, adding players like Andrew Shaw back. Why are you getting Andrew Shaw back? Like, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't – Andrew Shaw might be a good player. I've, I, don't, I rarely watch – I really watched him in Chicago. I really watched him in Montreal, but he just seems like a trash person, so I don't go out of my way to look at him. But I just like, why are you getting him? I mean, Calvin DeHaan is a is a good defenseman. Um, I like it's like they're trying to get better, but then they're also going back to their old ways. I don't know. Well, it's going to be hard for them to get better and get young because they have the Seabrook contract, they have yeah. the Keith contract. Nobody in this league is going to touch those two. Yeah. I'm surprised they just haven't tried to... Like, I wonder how much buying out Seabrook would cost them. And, you know. They have a lot of term left. 
That's it's there. a lot. Like not even yeah. Keith, like Keith and Seabrook, just Seabrook. Seabrook, yeah. it would be like oh, I want to say three point four ish over the next twelve years or ten years. Yeah, because like his his <laughs> contract doesn't run out until like twenty twenty something. Twenty twenty four. Yeah, Junking Keith at least is making like five point five, I think, which is fine. But Brent Seabrook is that's lot. just so outrageous. He, oh my! How does he still have a job, <laughs> Dan Bowman? Like that's so bad. Mm-hmm. And you have it was it was bad kid. when it was signed. Yeah. When was it signed? Kind of friendly. Um, Fine. It was signed in 2016. Oh my, oh my god. god! It's only been three years. <laughs> in 2016, wow. they weren't that good to be giving him that much money. Well, I guess they just won the cup the year before, so. Yeah. Oh my! Those are those, those like retroactive contracts. Yeah, those cup contracts are brutal. Oh god. No, uh, no trade, no movement clause. Um, okay. The one I'm so the one thing that I I don't understand for Chicago is that like you know defense has always been defense is are is a problem for them. I mean obviously, and they need young good defensemen. So I'm not really sure why they would trade. Um, Yoki Haru? Haru? Yeah, yeah. Yoki Haru. I'm not sure. I mean, like, listen. I'll vouch for Alex Nylander till the day I die, like, with my last breath, like, I'll defend him. But I'm not sure why you would trade one of your better defensive prospects for a forward prospect. But, I mean, I'm not sure, like, where that that thought process went. I mean, if you look at their forwards. Fair, fair. I mean, I feel like they, just this past year, they got a a good second line. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I mean, hey, listen. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> I think surprised. they think. I think they think that they can, Alex DeBrincat, Alex Nylander, which maybe, because like, wait, not DeBrincat, Dylan Strom, Dylan Strom. <laughs> <What>? Sorry, <laughs> sorry, but um, they don't have. I don't think they have anyone that was on his team in. <laughs> but 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 I will say. Yeah. There, it looks like from what I've seen on Instagram, Alex was getting along with their prospects. So I think they have better prospects for Alex to play with and for him to actually like do something compared to in Buffalo. So maybe that will work out for them. But that's still like a project. And I think um, Yoki Haru was like he played for them in the NHL in Chicago. So. Yeah, I don't know. Just burn this team to the ground, to be honest. <laughs> wow. Except for Alex. But yeah. Who are we looking at in terms of breakout? If he makes the team, I'm going Alex Nylander. If he yeah. makes the team and they give him, like, 20 games, just 20 games, just to play straight. Doesn't matter if he has a bad game, just consistently let him play 20 games. I think Alex Nylander will do that. Chicago gets a 3 out of 5. If they make the playoffs, the Blackhawks are probably a team you don't want to play just because they know how to win in the spring. 
still it's hard to project them as a group that can go on the long run. Oh, come on. <laughs> that is he like, is he a Loki? Like, uh, I mean, he's not going like, crash any of the teams because he wants, yeah. like, quote style the teams. But, I mean, like, be honest, oh, there's here. no way. There's no way. Well, you know what? I won't say that because they did get Robin Leonard. And yeah, I do like that for them. So that their goaltending just got a lot better or more consistently better because I do think that um, Corey Crawford's a good goalie, but like his health, it just that makes me it's really, really scary. Yeah, like just for like his his long term, like his life after hockey, it's yeah. just really scary. Um, but yeah, so with Robin Leonard, maybe. Jeez. Yeah. I was, like, ready for Chicago to just be bad for a while. I mean, Honestly, they probably still right. might, but... I mean, the Central is really tough. Yeah. Um. So, hopefully, they're still bad. Oh, okay. So, last, before we get to what we're really here for, Minnesota. So, they had 83 <laughs> points. They had 83 points last season. Um, in terms of additions, they added Bill Guerin, um, <laughs> maybe more stats people, like rehired the ones that were not, <laughs> that were fired, um, or didn't listen to, um, <laughs> they added Matt, Zucar- Matt Zuccarello and Ryan Hartman. Oh, okay. In terms of subtractions, Nate Prosser? Anthony Batetto and the big one, Paul Fenton. Um, in terms of wins and losses, this means they added 1.5 wins and salary 6.5 million, Matt Zuccarello, um, per Dom from The Athletic. So what do we like? Our concerns. I like that they got rid of Paul Fenton. <laughs> Um, I like Matt Zuccarello. Yeah. I don't know if I like that contract, but I definitely no. do like Matt Zuccarello. Um, and he'll definitely make a difference now. I just wonder with the Wild if, like, are they in the position to just, like, retool on the fly to become a cup contender? Or do they need to break it all down and then build, start building it back up? They need to get rid of either Breezy or Suter. That and sounds like something that they won't do. They need to in yeah. order to break it down because those contracts are they're the, they're terrible. Yeah. Like the Suter never contract. Ending. Yeah, never ending. The Suter contract is fine. Suter's still effective, but Breezy with his back issues, one bad hit and he's done. Yeah. <laughs> with players like that, like I know. Like mentally, players are always like how they can still like do it, but it has to like weigh on them that each injury takes like that much longer to heal from, and you're that much not as good. And like, I wonder like how close is he to being like I can't do this anymore? And, like he has like twin girls at home, like he has like a family that he yeah. has to like answer to. Like, and that has to be hard for them too. But I think a lot of it, they just think they still can play. And the problem is, is if he retires and doesn't go long-term into the reserve, um, the Wilds are going to get hit with a cap recapture penalty. 
Because they had that's an old school front loaded contract. Uh, so I thought that was. Let me. I thought that was uh, like if he was thirty five when he signed it. That's when. No, uh, because his salary in the final few years is like one million, and his uh, all of his salary in the beginning was like twelve million. So if they buy him out or he retires, they're going to get hit with cap recapture, which is the difference between them, between his. Uh, oh, shit. It's basically to even it out. Mm-hmm. So ah! it's not a good situation. Like if he decides, hey, I'm done, he has to be LTIR'd. With that, like, would a team even trade for Parise? Like, could according to Russo, the wild beat writer for the Athletic, mm-hmm. he said that there was a cha- a team that was interested in trading for Parise, but the Wild would have to retain some salary. Mm-hmm. But that trade never came through because of Paul Fenton. Uh, that's that's a hard decision because I know that I, I know the Wild like want Parise to retire a while because I mean he's from Minnesota. The rumor is is he's the one who's asked to be traded because he wants to win. Yeah. So was that because of Fenton or was that just in general? He thinks that they're not in a position to succeed. Okay. And I I mean I would right. agree. Yeah, he's yeah. he's not dumb. Like their defense is fine like yeah. they have a good top four um their goaltending i Devin dubnik's not terrible it's just their forwards are not not great yeah and old yeah they are yeah. old like um is still on this team boy <laughs> was still effective at their yeah yeah he's good but oh jeez um, Craig Custon said for the Stanley Cup bl- blueprint that he would give the Wild a 1.5 out of 5. Aww. He said, this probably isn't the Wild's year to win the Stanley Cup. Oh, I would yes. agree. I would yeah. agree. <laughs> so, I don't you think know it's what? their year to make the playoffs at all. <laughs> I agree with that. Well, why do, <laughs> why do like, teams always think they're one player away? You're not one Mad Zuccarello away. From being good. So I have a friend who's a one of the photographers for the Wild, and he said that the rumor in like the little circles in the back is season tickets. Like it used to be, you had to be on a wait list for like five years to get season tickets to the Wild. The wait list is gone, and they're begging people to get season tickets. So he uh-huh. believes that the signing was more like, "Hey, look, we're trying. Yeah, please, right. please pay for our team." Mm-hmm. And there's so much hockey in Minnesota, like other hockey to watch yeah, in yeah. terms of like college and stuff. So why would you pay like so much money to watch a bad middling Minnesota Wild team? Yeah, that's true. Like, and even um, their women's hockey, like the Whitecaps just won. <laughs> so it's like you have like, should I go see the Minnesota Wild, which is probably like, double the price, or can I watch, you know? Whitecaps who are actually good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And even and the women's so college teams are good. Like the Gophers have been yeah. historically the they have the best history in terms of wins and championships. Like, there's other things to do. Yeah, apparently in Minnesota. And that's so crazy because you know when you think of Minnesota hockey, you for I mean for me anyway, I think of the Wild first and the fact that they're like begging people to. Buy season tickets is just wild. It, I was gonna say it's just, just wild, wild to me. 
<laughs> I mean, it's just like mind blowing. That's crazy. They have they have had a hockey team leave before. Yeah. That's so okay. I don't know, and they don't. Um, I don't think they're one of like the rich teams that can be bad yeah, and like that's sustain fair. it. Fair. Like the Rangers. Okay. Okay. All right. So moving on. Well, I guess I don't know. There's this team is always so boring. Like you know when you do those like, oh, can you name all 31 NHL teams? <laughs> I feel like this is one of the teams that like get like lost because there's they're not exciting. Moving on. Main event. Yeah. I think I was just thinking about that. I was like, it's so funny that the Stanley Cup champ is in this division, but like our main focus was not them. <laughs> But we were just like, mm, yeah, they won the cup. But anyway, Winnipeg. <laughs> I, I feel like Winnipeg has been like the most chaotic <laughs> the <whole> season. Yeah, <laughs> like they've been chaotic, but like they haven't done much. And but that's anyway, why? <laughs> that's why everyone's like, what is going on? <laughs> okay, so the Winnipeg Jets last season they had ninety nine points. Um, they added. Neil Pion and Anthony Anthony Batetto. They subtracted um Jacob Truba Truba, Kevin Hayes, Tyler Myers, Brandon Tanev, Ben Sherratt, and Par Lindholm. And in terms of wins, they lost two point nine wins. And in terms of salary, they got rid of sixteen point one million dollars. So How's this team looking? Okay, so the Myers, Tanov, Shira, and Lindholm losses are basically net gains. I love Rusty, but he's he was carried by his own line mates on the third line. Shira is a black hole. Tyler Myers is just a skating giraffe. Lindholm didn't see any ice time in the playoffs at all since we acquired him. Yes. So I think the biggest problem is, is that they have not found a replacement for Truba. Um, and then with Lanny and Connor just waiting it out, I don't think they're as good as they were last year. And that's saying something is last year they took a step back from the year before. Yes. I have a question. Who do you think Jets, like, um, Shovel Day Off is looking to sign more urgently? Patrick Lanny or Kyle Connor? I think it's Line A, but Connor has come out and said that he'll have a contract before the season starts, where Line A's been like, well, I don't know if I'm going to play this year. Hmm. I think the problem with Connor is he's only succeeded when he's on the top line. Mm-hmm. Where Line A would, has succeeded all wherever he's been put, except he's been streaky. If he's placed on the top line, I feel he would be more steady. And solid, where Connor kind of gets lost in the shuffle. So whatever Kyle Connor gets signed for, he better thank Shifley and Wheeler because they carried him. <laughs> they all they all have each other each other to thank for their contracts. <laughs> yeah, that is actually really interesting. I didn't know that about Kyle Connor. I thought he was just really good everywhere he went, like any line. Um, from what it seems like, it seems like like Con- Kyle Connor is like the- this amazing forward, and Line is just like a scrub who like doesn't su- doesn't score enough, and that's like a, oh god forbid he scored seem. forty yeah he scored thirty goals, and I'm like that's good, and everyone's like it's not enough. 
I'm just like, Christy. oh my god. And then I see Christy over here, and she's like, why is everyone, like, she's, like, crying about Patrick Lyday. I'm like, Jesus, what's going I, I on? I just love him so much, and I think that, like, I do think that people, people shortchange him, because he's not, like, not to bring Austin Matthews into this, but he's not Austin Matthews, and people, I feel like they wanted, they wanted, like, that um, rivalry to be to be, like, out of the gate, where like it was with Sid and Ovi, and it's just not, and I don't think it ever will be, and I don't think Line A is that kind of player. Like, Line A is not Ovi at all, and I think he gets compared to them a lot, whereas, like, Kyle Connor, like, no one expected anything of him, so, like, whatever he did, like, people are just like, oh, my gosh, he's amazing. So, like, he's one favor, whereas, like, like, Lionel hasn't scored 50 goals yet. So they're just like, what the fuck are you here for? Like, where's <laughs> our 50 goals? Yeah. It's just like, he's trying. He's getting there. Like, I, I don't know. know. A lot of the concerns I see about Lionel, um, and I follow a lot of the stats people, a lot of the, like, the Jets fans that are really into stats and stuff. <clears throat> the, the thing that people have with Lionel is, and, and with Connor, is they are not good defensively. Like, yeah. they are. Yeah. It is not. It's not pretty. Mm-hmm. Line eight got better as the season went on. Connor got carried. Um, ah, okay. Line eight has scored 184 points in three seasons. Wow. I don't know what more they want from him. Yeah. <laughs> I think people just want him to be better away from the puck, and I think he knows that, and he's trying to get better at it. Um, and I think what Paul Maurice did last year, putting him on, like, the third and fourth line made him a little bit better defensively. But it's also, like, he's not going to score on those lines. I want to preface this with Brian Little is a good center. He's not he's a not good line A center. He's not a good center for line A. Yes. It should be Shifley. Or put Wheeler in center. Like, Wheeler was a center before. He played center last season. The season before when Shifley was out with injury. Okay. Is that something that you see that's, like, actual... Like, if if that's an actual viable option is having Wheeler at center? Like, do you see that uh, that's something that um, I'm thinking Maurice would actually do? I don't... I don't think Maurice is going to break up Shifley-Wheeler, to be honest, but... Shifley and Wheeler would not have it. They will not have it. Okay. For the better of the team, they'll do it. Yeah, I think... I think just swapping Wheeler and Line A on the lines, like just swap the two, leave Connor up there with Shifley, fine, sure, but Wheeler doesn't have to play in that top line. Like he can play with Little, he has. When Claude Noel was the coach for the Jets, Wheeler and Shifley, and it was Shifley's rookie year, but Wheeler and Shifley never played together. The first game that Paul Maurice coached in that season he put those two together, and then they played the season out until Mark got injured. And he really hasn't deviated from playing those two together. So I don't think it's a leadership having too much say thing. I think it's a Paul Maurice having no desire to switch up what he thinks works. It's so obvious that Line A and Little have no chemistry together. And, like, they, it's not great to watch them play together. Now, what would you guys say? Do you think the biggest question mark for the, or the biggest question mark is forwards or defense? Because when you look at Winnipeg and like you read all the articles, they really focus on the defense. 
I think that's fair. I think in terms of like the forwards, they have good forwards. It's just mixing them up in a way that makes sense and like having like they took away Brandon Tanner from Paul Maurice, which I think is good. So like they will like he will have to come up with some something new in terms of like the forward like mixture. Mm-hmm. I think that's fine. And but when we look at the defense, Buff Morrissey, good, and like Niku is good, but he's young, and like. I don't like Neil Pionk at all. Even when he was on the Rangers, like, he was not good. Kulikov is old and is always injured. Poor thing. And, like, um, I think Tucker Pullman also, like, it just, it's, like, hasn't worked for him. So that's, like, a question mark. But, like, who knows if Buff can stay healthy and if he'll produce at the same rate that he has. Tucker Pullman, when he did play, and that was he played two seasons ago, he only got two points in 24 games. I think out of the defenseman prospects, other than Niku, I think Tucker Pullman's going to have to be the one that steps up. We didn't see Pullman at all last year, which is fine. But he's 26. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to get better. Like, he is what he is at this point. Yeah. Like, with Niku, it's very, it's very possible that Sammy Niku grows and becomes better. Nathan Beaulieu is also a good defenseman, mm-hmm. and I think he'll do fine. Ideally, the second pairing should be Beaulieu, Niku, or put Niku with Morrissey and put Buff and Beaulieu together, and then just do uh, Kulikov, who's probably going to have to play because we can't waive him, and uh, Pionk. I've seen people say Morrissey and Bufflin as a pairing together, or would you have them together, or would you split them? I would split them. Um, we know that uh, Bufflin can carry trash defensemen. He carried Sherrod <laughs> He oh carried Sherrod for years. So if you put Bufflin with Boyu, Boyu may struggle, but Buff can carry that. And I think Boyu is better than Kulikov or Pullman. And he's we have him. I just don't know why he's yeah. not on the depth chart. And Niku, I think, would do better on the top line or top pairing. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. What do you think about Anthony Potato? I know I remember he was in Nashville and he yeah. was like their bottom pairing guy. So like, Potato needs to play in that in the, with the moose. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave him there. Just no. <laughs> Neil Pionk. <laughs> oh my god, that trade is so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Like it's so bad. Like, every time, every time I think about Jacob Truba, I just get so sad. The like, problem is, is Truba forced Chevy's hand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have this quote here that I I brought up. Only one, because it was um, Little, a quote from Little, and I know Christy hates Little, so I wanted to troll her <laughs> a little bit. But this is from, like, the NHL, an NHL article from Tim. I have it up. That Tim Campbell, um, yeah, Camp Campbell, um, from the NHL, and it's called it, the article is Line A Connor could miss camp, but the Jets claim it won't be a distraction. Um, and Little goes, um, well, it was said um, that you know after last this past season, everyone's been kind of assuming that the Jets will take a step back. And Little said maybe that's a good thing. Last year, coming into camp and answering questions about the Stanley Cup and stuff like that. It was the players having to tell everyone else to take it down a notch. 
it wasn't just lowering expectation. It's that some people don't realize how hard it is to get back to where we were at and to make it that far. A lot of things have to go well. And then he goes on to say, um, you just have to make the playoffs and then it's a whole different game. Anything can happen and you see it every year. An injury, someone going cold at the wrong time could make could be the difference. Last year people expected us to be in the final and that had all the and had all these grand plans for us and we were humbled last year and me may, maybe a change in the personnel is what we needed. So I mean, what do you guys think about that? Um, do you agree? I I I think so. Um like the Blues barely they, they made it into the playoffs. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say barely, but then Bennington got super hot and they won. Teams can limp into the playoffs and make a run for it if they can get hot at the right time. And I think, and Wheeler's also said stuff like, we haven't even made the playoffs yet. Let's not talk about that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. having all those expectations kind of inflates the ego a little. So I think getting humbled is a good thing for them. And I think, I think they tried to go into last season humble because I think like what some of the stuff that like Maurice said and like Wheeler said was basically to tell everybody to calm the fuck down like <laughs> we haven't done anything yet and I and like it, it really sucks because that season was like so good and like if they played that series with Vegas again they would have won like and like yeah. they could have made it but you know whatever but I, I do think that because they've lost so much that people won't um people won't like have high expectations yeah and they probably won't play them as hard because like coming into (laughs) like you know what i mean because like no i mean yeah yeah i get i mean they were really good that one year but like now people give them their best because they're one of the top teams in the central and like you know people are just like oh the Jets are gonna fall off a little bit so maybe they won't (laughs) but um yeah, I just I just want them to do so well, but I don't know if I can see it. I think it once they get Wayne and Connor going, my my theory is it's a, it might be a conspiracy theory, but all of these RFAs and there's a lot of them still unsigned are just waiting for Marner. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, yeah. I completely I completely agree with you. Yeah. So and and Line can point to Marner's contract and be like, hey. I deserve this. Connor's had two thirty goal seasons. He can. I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just saying, like, he's been carried a little bit. But yeah, he can point to comparables and be like, "I need to be paid this much." And it's not like the Jets don't have the cap space to pay them both because mm-hmm. they do. It's just right. somebody's got to sign first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, do you guys think that they both will sign it? Like, it'll get done. Yes, but I'm just, like, anxious about it. I think it'll sign, and then we might see, like, it's been rumored that Ehlers and Ristolainen will get traded for each other, or they'll trade for Ristolainen. I don't want that. I don't want that at all. I think any trade for defense is going to wait until after one of the two signs, because they need to see their cap situation. I would not hate that trade. I would actually... Yes, because you're selfish. (laughs) <laughs> and you don't think about the Jets at all. I do, I do, but I just no, think you about don't. Sabres more. I'm sorry. No. I just to, like get into the playoffs once. Well, like Cassie, you're a Jets and a Sabres fan. Like, what? 
You think that like it makes sense, Cassie, doesn't it? No, I, it doesn't. I think it would be a Let her speak, please. <laughs> I think from both sides, both teams it addresses a need. Um, the Sabers have a log jam on defense. Getting rid of somebody, it makes sense. For the Jets, it doesn't make sense to get rid of a solid player in Ehlers for Ristolainen. I love Ristolainen. I have a Ristolainen jersey. He ain't that great. (laughs) No, no. And it's like people want to get rid of Ehlers because he doesn't have a point in the playoffs. But, like, Ehlers is one of their best forwards. Like, I don't get it. Like, he can play – he's one of those people that can play with anyone. Like, he's played on the top line. He's played with Line A and Brian Little. And, like, he – He's good either way. So mm-hmm. I don't. It just doesn't make sense to get rid of him because he he doesn't have a like he he hasn't produced in the playoffs yet. He's been to two playoffs. Like it'll happen. Why do you think it's Ehlers' name that's the one being floated out? Is there another forward that you would trade instead of him? Oh, Brian Little, def- yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Brian Little in a second. No, I think Little's Little's fine. It's it's Perot would be the next one would be the most likely person to be traded just because of his contract. I love Perot though. I do too, but I like I don't want him on Buffalo. I don't want him on Buffalo. Actually, like if he went to Buffalo, like that would be really good for them because he can play all positions and he's good at them. And he can play up and down the lineup. Yeah. Like he's actually really good, Danielle, and you must admit this. I'm not. That would that would literally break my heart. But it would make so much sense because, of he's course, good. someone I don't like would go to a team that I can't stop watching. The the thing that really gets me is they needed to address the defense, and they didn't sign Jake Gardner. Yeah, but I don't think Jake Gardner would go to Winnipeg. I don't. I don't know. He barely made an like. He didn't get a raise. Yeah, from, he did. From yeah. his contract in Toronto, so... Winnipeg's a contender, like... Maybe? I, I wonder... Don't... Like, I wonder if um if Chevy even reached out to him. Like, I, I mean, we'll never know. I mean, I don't know, and I'm not saying that he... He didn't, but I just... Because, I mean, Jake Gardner would look great in Winnipeg, in, in Winnipeg down on, like, as a depth defenseman. I... I don't know. Chevy frustrates me so much. I wonder if he's just been con- like concentrating on Line A and Connor and has just been putting the defense on the back burner until those contracts get done. But that just seems like poor management, in my opinion. Cassie, I, yeah. how would you feel if, since Carolina has so many defensemen, oh, Justin Falk, he's not great. But he is a defenseman that Winnipeg could use. <laughs> I, I don't. Brian Little, Justin Falk, I'm down. So what are you gonna do for a center? Adam Lowry. Yeah, well, yeah that's Would, good so do you? So okay, can Adam Lowry play higher up in the lineup? Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. And I think they haven't really only given a fourth a line. I thought it was only a fourth line center. He was on the third line. Oh, was he? Then mm-hmm. Ant. I thought Andrew Kopp was on the second, the third line. Okay, well, no, it's we the, don't. It's still, it's the line. The TLC it was the TL- line. Yeah, it was the TLC line. Okay. So Tanner, Lowry, I get Kopp. Andrew Kopp and Lowry confused a lot. 
Ross Levick, what do you like? What do you think is going to happen with him this year? He might get traded. He's good, but he hasn't put the pieces together in his time, and and he's been put in position to succeed like multiple times. I think this is like the Burakovsky situation where he'll be good for a few games, and then all of a sudden he's just not there. Yeah. It depends on if Veselinen plays. Um, I hope he does. I do too. And then the forwards don't concern me. Mm-hmm. It's the usage of the forwards from Paul Maurice. Yes. Like he's so, he's so stubborn and he'll tell you everything that you want to hear, yeah. but then he will not change a single thing. Mm-hmm. And he'll, and it's just like, so like, I feel like I'm getting somewhere in like this, my like argument of Shifley and Wheeler needing to be broken up. And then he'll be like, okay. And then like, I'll see Shifley and Wheeler be out together, but like they'll have Ehlers on the wing. And then I'll be like, I guess you did something. This is not what I want. I've said this for a while. And after looking at the stats from the 13-14 season, nobody ships Shifley Wheeler harder than Paul Maurice. Yeah. And I think like he made them drink that Kool-Aid too, because now they don't want to be split up. Like Mark Shifley literally worships the ground that Blake Wheeler walks on. And and that's fair. It's fair. And I understand it. But it's like y'all need to be split up. Like, but you got to think of it from their point of view. It's like you know when you just have such good chemistry with a player that it's like okay, you when they're not with them, like oh great, now I have to work ten times harder and I'm against top competition. Like I mean, I can understand why they would want to campaign to play with each other, but the coach should make the executive decision. Like you shouldn't be letting the players run the, the locker room. Like, well, yeah. We still have the power play. Like, y'all can play on the power yeah. play. You guys, oh, I was supposed to be like, you guys take enough penalties, but it, no. No, it's... they do. <laughs> yeah, they take enough penalties, but they wouldn't be playing together on, like, the yeah. PK, really. But, like, oh, my God. Like, he has to at least try it, and I don't think he's given it, like, a good try. Now, who is the one player that... um what is it? last year they had him up and he wasn't playing with the Jets and then they tried to put send him down to the HL team and then he was like no I want to go back overseas. Oh, that's one of Vesla. Okay, do you, will he play this season? I think I... if he doesn't make the team out of camp, he's going back to Finland. Okay. Hmm. Why not not for like to stay in Finland, but oh, for another just year. year. Oh, okay, okay. I don't. I guess what is it like? NHL or bus, like he doesn't want to play in the AHL? Yes. I mean, yeah. yeah. And his contract is, is structured for that. For oh, okay. That. Okay. Well, look, he has a good agent. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't fault any player that takes control of their contract. I don't, because they get the short end of the stick a lot. I um, mean, I think he's good enough to be in the NHL, but I don't think, I don't know if he wants to be like first line second line or like, i think he just wanted nhl time mm-hmm. yeah now we haven't brought up the goaltending are you guys confident in goaltending like is yeah. that the least of your worries yeah i actually i really like um Brassois. okay yeah Brassois is a great backup when hellebuck took a night my only concern with goaltending is paul maurice rides hellebuck a little bit too much okay. like he yeah. needs to give helly a, a break yeah but 
Hellebuck is 26 years old, and he's great for his age. Yeah. I feel like he's consistent enough when he's had time off. And I feel like Bristois, like, he... I don't know why they didn't play him more. Like, he proved that he was good enough. Oh, my God. <laughs> he, but you're exactly right, Christy, when you say that he tells you what you want to hear. Because I did read um, his one-on-one um, articles uh, by the the Jets athletic guy. And, oh, Mira? Yeah. I like, and I was like, I oh, my God, Maurice, exactly. Like, I was reading it. I was like, he he gets it. It's, it's, we're fine. We're fine. And then to come up here and talk to you guys, I'm like, hmm. So maybe he's not doing the best. <laughs> like, he's not making the best decisions. But he does tell you exactly what you want to hear. When he became coach, he reshaped Blake Wheeler's career. Because everyone thought Blake Wheeler's going to be this power forward. And he's not. He's definitely not a power forward with the style he plays. So, like, he credits Paul Maurice for saying, hey, he gave me a shot, taught me to do things a little bit differently. And a power forward body is going to break down yeah. faster. Since, and especially if you're bigger, Wheeler's not going to break down as well. And he's actually gotten better with his age. Yes. Yeah. So, like a fine wine. Like, like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely agree with the power forward. That's one thing that, I, that worries me all the time, that, like, younger kids that get put into that power forward box it's just so hard because some of my favorite players like you know Wayne Simmons even um oh my god I'm blanking on his name Patrick Hornquist like you know they just their bodies break down and they're just so injury prone and then they never get back to that where we all thought they would be so yeah anything else on the Jets Cassie do you want to did we not talk about something that maybe you wanted to bring up or I think the defense this year will be heavily dependent on if Niku is put into a position to succeed because he's good. It's just, he wasn't put into a position to succeed by Paul Maurice. And then they just didn't, they just put him in the press box. They didn't even send him down. They press boxed him because he, there were veterans on the team. I think that if Paul Maurice plays Niku and puts him into that position to, to succeed, the defense isn't going to be as bad as it could be. Now, how confident are you that he will do that? I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's definitely something to keep an eye on this season. Yeah. Do we think that, okay, so how likely is it that Chevy will trade for a defenseman? I don't know. Like, I give Chevy a lot of credit because the contracts he has signed have been very, he's like, he's managed the cap very well. Um, I mean, that's why we have 16 million in cap space for, the two players that need to get big contracts. I, 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 like I said earlier, I think that it's dependent on either Connor or Lainey signing before he can make a trade. That's fair. And then the thing with, I mean, with all that cap space and then just those two players that need to be re-signed, but isn't Myers, I mean, not Myers, um, Morrissey contract about to be up soon? Like he, yeah. he signed a two-year deal and now he's definitely the number one defenseman. Um, top pairing, probably power play time, or no, that's still buffs. That's still buffs. Um, Morrissey's done well on the power play. Morrissey needs to lean into his shot a little bit better to do better on the power play. Um, the, the good thing is, is that when Morrissey's contract starts, we'll only have one year left of Bufflin's contract. So he could easily slide into Bufflin's money if needed. Okay. Okay. So I'm not I'm not worried about the Morrissey contract. Um, some other contracts come off the books at the same time, 
so it'll be fine. Didn't they have to find someone else, too, I think, next year? Uh, Roselvick, Appleton, Sammy Niku, and uh, Josh Morrissey. Josh Morrissey probably the biggest. Yeah. And he's arbitration eligible. I'm like, every time Chevy goes to arbitration, like, it scares the crap out of me. Because I feel like he's always just like, you're getting $2. <laughs> well, part of it is he was always going to arbitration with uh, Truba. Truba and Cop, and they had the same agent. Oh. Truba and who? Who's the other person? Cop. They both had uh, oh. the same agent. So that was, I, I oh. think it's more of the agent. I'm looking up Josh Morrissey's agent because... Uh, his, he's got a different agent. Okay. So I'm not too worried. <laughs> is So do you guys think Andrew Kopp is good? Can he play higher up in the lineup, or do you think bottom six? For... Bottom six. Okay. We, like all of the central, where do we where do we think the Jets will will finish? As is. Like, say they haven't, they don't make any trades. They use their, the players that they have, they sign, obviously, um, line A and... Connor, where do we think they'll fall in the central? Second. <laughs> I was not as high. I was like third. <laughs> I, I'm going off of the fact that the other teams aren't as great. I mean, second or third would be fine. I think it's right about there because Nashville, I think, will take it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's going to be between the Blues and the Jets for second and third. Yeah. And then I think I'm more towards um, the Jets' third. I think if they get their defense together, I think Connor Hellebuck and Brassois can cover a a lot of holes because they're both really good goaltenders. Um, And the Jets have proven that they can can win games even though they're being terrible and statistically awful. So, and I don't... Like, I'm kind of nervous about Colorado, but not re- like Nathan McKinnon really scares me, but like no one else really on that team does. So I think that the Jets can do well as long as they get it together and don't like lose a bunch quickly. Any other things about the Central Division? Well, who do we think is like poised to be a surprise? Because there's always one. Nothing to me. I think the Stars. I, I think the stars might be a surprise, or maybe that's just me wanting them to be a surprise. Because I think it'll probably be Nashville, Jets, Blues, or Blues, Jets, then um, the Avs and the Stars. And I know that depends on the uh, the Pacific, Pacific Division. But, yeah, I don't know. Good, but yeah, I mean, so... that's. I mean, I'm confident in those five teams for sure. Definitely the top three. Yeah, I think yeah. if anybody surprises it, it might be the Hawks, like, coming close to a wild card spot. Yeah, I, I think, like, we could have five central teams in the playoffs if the Pacific continue to be awful and yeah. terrible. But, like, I feel like they all play each other so tough that, like, even if we're like, oh, like, they're, the teams aren't that good, like, their playoff race is always really, really close. Which I which I don't like for the Jets, but whatever. We'll I'm see. just thankful that another division is like tough besides the Metro. 
I think the Metro still still's got. I it. mean, like in like in just that division, like they all play. It's just so hard. Um, like the Metro, they play each other so hard. The thing about the Central is that like. Even if some teams look better than others, I don't think any of them would be, like, a true surprise. Like, even if, like, Chicago goes on a really hot streak and does well, I'm just like, oh, yeah, well, it's Chicago. Like, yeah, they do well. Um, And I feel that way about a lot of the teams. You know, the Stars, the Blues. um, I guess Minnesota has the most, uh, I guess, um, likeliness to actually be a surprise if they have a really great season so yeah it's true i yeah i would be like shocked if minnesota comes out of the <laughs> gate and is like killing it yeah. they might they might mm. matt dumb is back yeah that's if he can be healthy if he can stay healthy not be healthy stay healthy oh i mean we didn't really talk about jake gardner which <laughs> i mean so that concludes this episode of where is my stick featuring cassie um, if you guys have any questions, feel free to like message us on Twitter at where's underscore my underscore stick. But Cassie, yeah, do you want to talk about like, I mean, what you're doing for Jets, the NHL Jets Nation or the Broken Bandwagon? I can talk about both quickly. Uh, the Broken Bandwagon is a all-female Sabres podcast. Um, we discuss, we don't really discuss a lot of the other teams, but we have in the off season. But we are Sabres-focused. Um, we plan on doing a couple podcasts a month, starting back up uh, sometime in the next couple weeks. Awesome. Uh, and then for NHL Jets Nation, I am the social media contributor. I run the Twitter on game nights. So if you awesome. follow Jets Nation, um, I do the tweets, I do the GIFs, all of that. And then occasionally I write articles for them. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you if any of our listeners want to follow up more on the Jets, I mean, obviously follow Cassie or NHL Jets Nation. Or if you know about the Sabres, listen to the Broken Bandwagon. That's how I found Cassie. Because <laughs> I love the Sabres, and I love their podcast. It's so funny and so informative. So thank you so much for doing this, Cassie. I really do appreciate it. No problem. Yeah. Maybe we'll have you on again, hopefully, and we can talk about the Sabres. Okay. If I can get the girls to do that. <laughs> I feel like I was I was very level headed throughout this because normally I'm just like, oh my get Brian yeah. Little out of here. That's all she does is scream about Brian Little. It's so it's like we get it, we get it, and now it's like nice. But it's just like you're something. not getting it. It's like but I'm right. just said he's a good center. He's just not the right center for line A. And that's I like, think that's what I'm also saying. But it's just like no. he's, but like you don't want to pay him like that much money to be your third or fourth line center. Yeah. I mean, it's fair, but yeah, that's kind of how it has to be now. Unless they get Kevin. Kevin Hayes should have just resigned for three dollars and like. Where did he sign? Oh, some trash city on the east (laughs) (laughs) with shitty cheesesteaks. So gross. (laughs) Oh my god, you are intense. Okay. <laughs> Not fair. You don't even appreciate him. Okay. So now that actually concludes this episode of Where's My Stick featuring Cassie um, of Jets Nation and the Broken Bandwagon. Feel free to follow her and to follow us on Twitter and to find us anywhere podcasts are located. 
Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's it. All right, bye. 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 bye.